0: Renly. Gives him the business, saying, the whole realm denies it, brother. Old men deny it with their death rattle, and unborn children deny it in their mother's wombs. No one wants you for the king. Sorry. What
1: up, and welcome to of brotherhood without manners your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of george r r martin's a song of ice and fire series as always i'm nate and joining me my brother Zach. what up that's this guy we read a song of ice and fire here currently Usually. we're reading a clash of kings we are full spoiler so if you have not read the books you should probably go do so and then come back all our episodes are available so you can always do that anyway last episode we were reading aria Arya. Arya seven. A girl said a name. A girl gave a name.
0: Uh, and that in, name is dead. In Hall Arya was diddy bopping around as the mouse that she felt like under the feet of the High Lords. She saw Tywin Lannister doing his thing from Heron Hall and Jack and Hagar returned with some of the Bloody Mummers, bloody mummers and He found her and told her that she saved three lives and therefore three lives are owed so a girl can speak a name and he'll take care of the rest. And she did at the end of the chapter. She gave him the name of Chiswick and Chiswick ended up dead. And so Arya is all sorts of pumped because she feels like the ghost of Harrenhal and she has this sort of unbridled power that she's never had before, which is the power over life and death. And so things at Harrenhal are heating up and from Arya. We're going... To Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest. Which
1: I wanted to touch on before we even jump into the episode, that once again, uh, Martin's chapter placement is just fucking on point. So we have a little cat here nestled between her daughters, mm-hmm. Arya and Sansa. And so I just think that that's interesting. We'll... I'll probably touch upon it more once we get into the Sansa chapter so we
0: can kind of correlate all
1: three and how that may Well, have especially this one in the impact. middle
0: with the brother relationship that she's right. trying to mend. Mm-hmm. And so last we had left Cat, she was sent as an envoy for Rob to Lord, well, King Renly's camp to try to make a peace with him and ally. Renly is not really taking the war seriously, at least through Cat's point of view. They are all Knights of Summer, as she calls it. We got to meet Brienne of Tarth. And Renly showed her the extent of his army, which is pretty massive. This time, we pick up with Kat as her and Hollis Morin, Mullen. Mullen are the first to arrive at the meeting place. She can smell which the salt from the sea. We, and- uh, Hollis Mullen is,
1: immediately points out when they get to the top of this little hill. It's, uh,. A grassy seward uh, dotted with mushrooms, and he announces, Oh, we're the first to arrive. Now, if you'll recall, he is Captain m- Obvious known for pointing out the most obvious shit ever. So, from this point forward, we will recall that.
0: Yeah. Uh, she can smell the salt <laughs> from the sea. It's heavy around her. There are stumps everywhere, as Stannis had felled most of the trees for the sea- his siege engines. And she wondered if Ned had stopped here on this grove on his way south to lift the Siege of Storm's End. He had won a great victory that day, and all the more so because it was bloodless. So I like this a
1: lot. I And it's funny because I thought it would actually be more of a talking point between her and Stannis, and it's only briefly touched upon, but Ned didn't really do shit that day. Yeah. He came up behind him and was like, hey, the war's over and we're here to tell you to stop. When really it was Davos and Stannis that kept the siege for as long as they did. Well, Stannis as long as he did, and then Davos to help keep them alive. But it's funny to see her point of view on it, the way that it's built Ned's up. Ned's hero, and I think that that's across the land. Besides, oh, yeah. you know, the Small Council who's always talked about Stannis yeah, being was bitter Ned about Stark that shit. Who
0: lifted the siege? Yeah, to Storms End, and Stannis was the one who survived it suffered through it right but she's hoping that the gods will grant that she could do the same make a bloodless end to some intense shit here at storm's end even her own men had thought that she was mad to attend this meeting and she doesn't really want to be here but hopes to make the peace between these two brothers even though it would be no easy thing yeah
1: because her son the king commanded her to go down and do this kind of stuff so she was going to at least try
0: Yeah, and across the fields and ridges, she can see Storm's End rearing up against the sky, and she begins to recall its history. Now, I didn't really quote much of the history. I'm not going to go too much into it. If you want to know about the history, go and give The Great Castles of Westeros a read by Joe Buckley. It's a great read, (laughs) and you can learn all about Storm's End. It's the first chapter. Yeah,
1: so as we are a full spoiler, we are... Assuming you're aware of the fact that this is a very big castle with very big thick walls and it stood against some shit.
0: Yeah, he pissed off the gods supposedly yeah. and made stronger and stronger castles until eventually this we got we Stone's hit. End. And it was Storm's a- End. Storm's End. It was a castle like no other. Stones fit so cunningly together that no wind could enter. And only one colossal drum tower which served as granary, barracks, feast hall, and lord's dwelling all in one. Afar, it looked like a spiked fist atop an Thrust arm, so
1: kind of like the fist of the first man. Yeah, sure. So I do want to mention this part of this because it's not well. It is part of the history. There's the rumors, of course, that it was helped built by the children of the forest, and then if not that, that it was possible that a young boy. It said who would later grow into Brand the Builder. Yeah, and so I just like that hint at Brand the Builder in childhood. As opposed to, you know, we always hear Bran, you know, is Bran the Builder, and he built the wall, and he built Winterfell. Well, we know that Bran the Builder built a lot of shit, and so it's really cool to see him in his childhood here, which gives more credence to the Bran
0: is yeah, Bran the Builder. Yeah, just a child building Storm's End, no big yeah. deal. Two riders begin to emerge from the camp under the walls of Storm's End, and Cat believes it must be Stannis, but notes that it is not this, the Baratheon banner that he carries with him.
1: Yeah, it's not the nice bright yellow of the Baratheon, but this one's kind of more of a gold um, with this red symbol in the middle. We know it's the heart with the stag inside yeah. of it.
0: Um, where's the Baratheons, it's just a rearing stag with the crowd. Renly would be the last to arrive, as he had told her as much that he planned on arriving late. It is the sort of game King's Play she had told herself. And yeah, that's just the make them wait for me. And Stannis is decked out, and I and I didn't really go through what it is that he's wearing, but mainly that it's all red and yellow. Yeah, so he's very color of flames. He's
1: jewel encrusted, and which is odd. I thought um, on rereading this because I never noticed that small thing that he's so embellished, because that's. It just it isn't Stannis. Yeah. He's not the kind of person to decorate his armor and glam up. I mean, basically it sounds like him and fucking Mel spent the last night drinking wine and bedazzling
0: his shit. Yeah. So like Okay, Stannis, weird flex, but all right. And Cat notices at this point that his standard bearer is a woman, a red priestess, she notes, which we know is Melisandra.
1: Yeah, and she flexes her knowledge a little bit on, you know, she knows that they're a very prominent religion over in the East, but it's not
0: something that comes over here all that often, mm. and so it's odd. Stannis greets Cat pretty coldly and coolly with his normal courtesy, saying that he'd not thought to find her here. And she said she thought not to be here. And he apologizes for Ned's death, though Ned Stark was no friend to him. And Kat tells him, he was no enemy of yours either, my lord. And he says, of course, the same gripe with Stannis. He should have been hand, yet it was, you know, given to Ned. But all the same, he will deliver justice for Ned. And, uh, for Ned's murder. And Kat thinks how they love to promise heads to yeah, she men would... who would be king. Yeah. Because Renly said the same, you know, I will avenge Ned's honor mm-hmm. and give you Cersei's head or Joffrey's yeah. head. And, and, and she
1: tells him, I'm pretty sure she said the same thing to Renly. I would sooner have my daughters back. Sansa down in King's Landing and Arya, who there's not actually been any word of since. And I thought, that would, was... I don't, Remember ever picking up on the fact that she's not aware that, like I always assumed she was unaware of the fact that Arya wasn't there. Yeah. But and I suppose no, I guess that's not true. I knew that she was kind of iffy, but like yeah, it's it's just funny how clearly she points out no, there hasn't
0: they haven't actually said anything about Arya really. Yeah. So. Stannis notes that when he takes King's Landing, he'll send her her children if they're found, and Kat is aware that that means alive or dead to take King's landing though. He needs the men that follow his brother. And so that's the whole point of this meeting. Well, she had like, I, and
1: I really liked that specific exchange between those two. There was when she was like, so if you're supposed to be in King's landing, then what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, all right, so you're being pretty blunt. I guess I can, I can respect that enough to give you a straight answer. I need the men. I need the power and these men belong to me by rights, they should be mine.
0: Yeah, she suggests putting aside the quarrel with Renly, and he says he has no quarrel with Renly, he only wants what's owed him. Renly's allegiance and the men that follow him. And then he asks, has House Stark thrown in with Renly? And she says, she thinks this one will never bend, which, uh, again, alludes back to Donald Noy's... Comparison of the three medals that the Baratheon brothers represented. Right, he was the hard, (laughs) stiff iron that won't ever bend. Bend, Bends, but will break. It's brittle. And she thinks, but she must try, and says that Rob is king in the North, and offers his friend hand in friendship to all who would have him. And.
1: Stannis tells him, kings don't have friends, only servants and
0: subjects. Subjects and enemies. Oh, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, Uh, which is telling about Stannis. There are no friends when you're a king. It's only subjects and enemies. Which Davos
1: would beg to differ, but we won't get into his
0: little relationship. Yeah, this is when Renly arrives and calls out, and brothers! And he's riding up. Brienne is bearing his standard, and Renly asks about Stannis' new one, saying that, you know... It's different than it was before, and Melisandre explains, the king has taken the fiery heart of the Lord of Light for his sigil. And Renly says, oh, that's probably good, because it'd be pretty confusing for the battle if everyone had the same standard. I love how nonchalant he is about that, just oh, that's good, you know, at least we won't get
1: confused about who we're killing tomorrow, that's, that's friendly.
0: Yeah, Cat says, well, let's hope there is no battle, and Stannis unsmiling says that, the Iron Throne is mine, by rights all those who would deny that are my foes, and Renly gives him the business saying, the whole realm denies it, brother old men deny it with their death rattle and unborn children deny it in their mother's wombs no one wants you for your for the king. Sorry. And Kat Sorry. is just like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. This is folly. Yes. Tywin sits at Aaron Hall. 20,000 swords around him. The remnants of the Kingslayer's army are gathering at the Golden Tooth, and more hosts are rising at fucking Casterly Rock. Cersei and her son hold King's Landing. The kingdom bleeds, and yet no one but my son lifts a hand to stop it. And, and, sh-
1: and Renly's like... Oh well, Rob Stark might have won a few battles,
0: but I intend to win the war. Fuck you, Renly. Yeah, like shut the fuck up. Yeah, Stannis asks how Renly really wants to do that, and Renly wants Stannis to bend the knee, and that Stannis fucking flares up at that, and Cat yells out again, uh, trying to saying I would knock your heads together if you were my sons. And Stannis says, "You presume much. Rob is just as much a traitor as Renly, and his day will come." And the naked threat fanned her fury. And she stupidly mentions Joffrey as being the rightful legal yeah. heir still. And everyone is kind of like, what? Huh? Yeah, because
1: she calls him out. Well, by law, you're a traitor yourself because Robert had sons. And even Renly joins forces with Stannis. He yes. dear brother, she was traveling to see me when your letter arrived. So she has no idea that Joffrey's a product of incest. Yeah. That is why Ned
0: died. Stannis tells her that and she is absolutely speechless. And Renly doesn't exactly believe it's true. He thinks that Stannis isn't clever enough to have come up with something like, like that.
1: He's like, "Yeah, I just I can't believe that you would come up with such a clever ploy." And he breaks it down cuz Cat's like, "Well, why didn't you go to Robert?" And he's like, "Why would I?" Robert bore no love for me, so I thought to go to John Aaron somebody with sense who Robert loved, does love yeah. and will listen to.
0: Yeah, Catelyn had said that she realized, well, she realizes that Robert couldn't have known this or Cersei would have been fucking dead a long time ago. And yes, Stannis says that it would have come, from him it would have come as self-serving. Yep. You, it would have been, I, I'm your heir, so fuck your kids. But from John Aaron and then Renly's like, eh, kind of giving him shit. And he's like, do you think that, he died by happenstance, you fool. Cersei had him poisoned because of what he knew. And Cer- uh, Cat begins remembering Lysa's letter. Lysa has some news. And starts fitting the pieces together. And it's like, oh, shit. I mean, okay.
1: Now, I, I love how Martin does this. Because she's so confident. And they're so... They're unreliable narrating for us. Yeah. Like, right here. Well, Cersei did this. And the Lannisters did this. And that isn't true either. Mm-hmm. As much as it seems the case, but fucking Littlefinger and Lysa are the are the ones that were doing all this shit. And so it's just neat seeing them spread these rumors we know to be false.
0: Renly tells Stannis that he may have the better claim, but he has the larger army. And he begins to reach into his cloak, and Stannis immediately grabs for his sword, but he pulls out a peach. And he offers Stannis one from High God, and you've never tasted anything so sweet, brother. And Stannis is fucking feeling like, I'm coming here to eat fruit. Fuck you. And I wrote the quote because this is a pretty significant point for Renly where he says, A man should never refuse to taste a peach. He may never get the chance again. Life is short, Stannis. Remember what the stocks say. Winter is coming. And so this, yeah, a lot of people view this as the absolute dividing factor between them where Stannis, Stannis is not a man who's going to stop and smell the flowers and taste the fruit.
1: Yeah, Renly is, and Renly at the same time is also a live life to the fullest kind of thing. Is where I see it as well. You you know you never know what moment's your last, so and it's
0: also a little foreshadowing for right. Renly's imminent death coming up in a chapter or two where I think, life it's, is short. I think it's next chapter. Yeah, next cat chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Renly admits that he never really liked Stannis much, but he will gift him Storm's End as his brother's gift uh, if Stannis, you know, swears him fealty. And Stannis fucking it should have already been mine. It was mine by rights, and yet it was given to you. And the same old fucking argument. And they start getting savage. Yeah, they do. Well, bringing in wives so, and
1: yeah, the first part. Um, Stannis calls him out and says, "Don't threaten me." Renly gets way more, like, I feel like he channeled Robert at that point because he was like, you'll know when I, th- I have not threatened you. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, Renly, like, I'm almost turned on by you. <laughs> like, I'm about to Loris it up over here. And yeah, they, I put it as, uh, Stannis calls Renly gay and then Renly has a go at Shireen for being disfigured and it's, but yeah, they're brutal and it's in the way that only brothers can yeah. to each other. Like they, cause he doesn't just, oh, you're gay. He's like, yeah, well, you know, you need to have an heir, but you're, yeah, oh, because uh, Renly said Marjorie. He was like, yeah, she came to me a maid, and he's like, yeah, and she's like to be one by the end of the year still. Anyway, yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, it ends with Stanis drawing his sword. Yeah, and this sword is fucking trippy. Yeah, it's, it's glowy and it's shimmery and what the fuck is that? I
1: think it's just effects that from Melisandre, oils and stuff. Yeah. yeah, Melisandre's toying with shit. Okay. Because she um, helps him dress and prepare. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure she just put a little oil on there Well, yeah,
0: yeah, because, like, he he calls the sword Lightbringer, but the one he drew out of the effigy was all burned and fucked, Mm -hmm. and this sword is beautiful. So, but as Stannis draws his sword, so does Brienne, and she tells him to put up your sword, sir, and fucking catch just, like, Cersei is laughing herself fucking breathless in King's Landing right now.
1: And I think this is where George Martin pats himself on the back, because of the Tyrion The, the last Tyrion chapter where she, for the first time ever, lifted him up, swirling him around laughing and cheering over the news that Stannis was going after Renly. And so he, she literally was laughing herself breathless mm-hmm. at the thought of this here happening right
0: now. So Stanless, uh, Stanless. Stanless, it's like Stan-less. Stanley and Renis. Stannis uh, says he'll give Renly this night to rethink his folly, strike his banners, and come to him before the dawn, or he will destroy him. And Renly just, again, is like, do you see my my army's huge? You'll destroy me? Please. And it said that uh, Stannis sheathed his sword, and some of the light seemed to go out of the world as his sword slid back into its scabbard. Like... That's some crazy fucking I, enchantments. I
1: feel like Melisandre is actively, like, right there, Doing focusing it. attention
0: on that sword. Could be. And so he gallops off, Stannis, and Mel, wheeling her horse around, says, look to your own sins, Lord Renly, before she takes off as well. And Renly and Cat begin their return. Oh,
1: um, I wrote down a quote from earlier that we kind of skipped over right after the, um... After Kat said that she, Cersei laughs herself breathless, uh, Stannis says, I am not without mercy. And, oh, yeah. And I just thought it was funny because the way that Martin puts it, the quote is, I am not without mercy, thundered he who was notoriously without mercy. Yeah. And just, like, that's not a I, – I suppose it is because it's from Catelyn's point of view. But just the, the way that it's worded was a lot of fun thunder- to yeah, read yeah. and – um let me make sure I didn't skip over anything else. Oh yeah, cuz they got very wordy on who's following him and all the houses and everything. Yeah. Um Renly just starts listing house names. So yeah, uh, Mel turned around and hollered at Renly because he said, "I hope your god's a merciful one." And that was the point that I you know, I, this chapter is highly highly discussed in the fandom and in the the just in general because of the peach mostly. Yeah, and because of these two talking, but I've never really noticed that line and I just thought it was super funny that he says, "I hope your god is a merciful one." And it's almost asking it sounds like he's asking for mercy. Yeah. But, you know, obviously he's not. He's hoping that it's merciful for Stannis. but it's funny coming from him because that god supposedly is what leads to it's his death. Burnt and the vagina demon. So, what kind of mercy do you think that is, there, Renly? Like, didn't didn't seem too merciful to me.
0: Yeah. So, Cat and Renly return to camp, and they're talking about the different laws of succession. And Cat is just suddenly very tired by it all. She's fucking exhausted. She realized that the Baratheons were gonna fight. They would have blood, and she couldn't stop it. And it was past time that she returned to River Run to close her yeah. father's eyes. And she thinks that she may not be a very good envoy, but she is a good mourner. Yeah, so uh,
1: during that whole walk, it was basically Renly just boosting his own ego. How great of a king he's going to be, the great things he would do, why Stannis is bad. He's running his smear campaign right here. This is election 2020 right here, and this is dang... I don't even want to compare him to a fucking politician. And
0: so we had learned that Renly actually tactically and smartly had split his army when he learned of Stannis' assault of Storm's End. His massive foot he had left at Bitterbridge with his young queen, while Renly had led his uh, knights and free riders east in a mad dash to meet with Stannis. And she thinks how like Robert he was, only Robert had Eddard Stark to temper his boldness with caution.
1: Yeah, because unfortunately, Renly got too antsy. And so he charged forward way even further and left his food supplies yeah. behind. And and uh, so
0: I was thinking of that. The only person Renly has is Loras. And right. we know Loras is just as bold and brash oh, yeah, and as Renly. His ego and, and so, pushing yeah, him. He the... doesn't have this Ned Stark who's like, eh, maybe mm-hmm. we shouldn't. And, yeah, she accompanies Renly back to the Royal Pavilion. His captains and Lord Bannerman are all awaiting word of the parley, and he informs them that Stannis has need of blood, and that's that.
1: Yeah, so then the, the group, the advisors, decide, because uh, he asks for their opinions. Mathis so... Rowan
0: is the only one who suggests leaving Stannis to his siege at Storm's End while they move on to King's Landing. And everyone else, led by Randall Tarly, Randall.
1: Uh, want to, no, he needs to be put in his place. He can't just sit here and do this. And, and gather strength. Right. And so it's it's decided right then and there. Yep. And so then it be, uh, Renly starts issuing commands to them. You'll be here on the left. You'll be here on the right. Um, and then they ask who's going to have the honor of the vanguard. And we know that that's usually the person who's going in on the suicide mission they're the first one to crash into everything it's not always a suicide mission but um first who was it it was some nobody that wanted it and then randall tarley was like i'm taking it yeah i'm clearly the most suited i've been leading wars since before you were at your fucking you were even born so piss off and then renly decides no it'll be sir loris who leads the vanguard which is ballsy, man, yeah. sending him out there, um, and decides that he needs a good, gr- strong group to go with him. And so he sends Brienne to yeah, Brienne go with him. Brienne
0: will be, be assisting And she
1: is just devastated.
0: Yeah, she doesn't want to leave him during the battle. Her place is at his side. But she says, if she must, at least grant me the honor of arming you for battle. And someone in the back snickers and cat thinks that she loves him, the poor thing. She'd play his squire just to touch him and never care how great a fool they think her. And yeah, it's Renly grants her that and then tells them all to leave. Um, before that, though, I, uh, when Renly had decided that it would be war, Cat had noted that she failed Rob as she had oh. failed Ned. And she asks for Renly's leave to go back to River Run, and he does not grant it. He tells her that she is to stay and watch and learn what happens to rebels so your son may hear it from your own lips. And then they go into the vanguard leading, and he dismisses yeah. them all. And Cat asks him, well, can I at least visit the small sept in the village we pass, so I may pray? And he grants that, telling Sir Robar to see her safely there and escort her back. And she tells Renly, you should pray too. And he uses this as an excuse. Yeah, perhaps I should. Sir Loras, stay and help well, me. Well, he asks her for victory, and she says Full for wind. wisdom. Like, you yeah, know, not for victory. And yeah, Renly is like, ah, Loras, help me pray. And Get down him, on your knees. Yeah, <laughs> time to worship. And he wants everybody ready to march at dawn. And so everyone's got their marching orders, and they go. And Catelyn kind of knew Sir Robar from around. Yeah, because and- it's
1: Jan Roy's, uh, Jon Ron... Ron, Jan, Jan, Ron, Joy, whatever, uh, Jan Royce's son or stepson or whatever. Second is. son. Second and son. she asks why yeah, he's
0: involved son. here. And he says, a second son must find glory where he can. I'm no way. I'm not the heir. So here I am. And she notes that he was of age with his king, roughly 21. But Rob, her king, had more wisdom at 15 than he ever did. Or so she prayed. And in her, she returns to her small little camp, yeah, where they, her men are just kind of milling about. Some are making tea, some are sharpening their weapons, and
1: they ask, "So, what is it? Do we flee or do we fight?" And she tells them, "We pray." We pray.
0: We pray. And that's the end of Cat One. Three. Fly, you fools. Cat Three. Fly, Cat you three. Fools. Uh, uh, A shorter chapter, not uh, too much to delve into. Mainly, it's the Stannis-friendly interactions that are so good. But you got an Inductee. Uh, yeah, I'm going to
1: give it to Loras Tyrell because, yo, like, he's he's a, a beautiful, young, strong, gallant knight who is, like, he's basically the queen of the kingdom here if Renly was actually to be able to sit the throne. Valid. If he wasn't, if Renly wasn't such a jackass, he could at least be the lady of Storm's End. Well, do you well, not
0: think Renly is more the queen? I would think Renly is the queen. Uh, no, I, I.
1: I just the way that that Loris whispers in his ear and boosts his little no you you're you're a strong king you're a big strong king no I think Loris would but regardless of that I'm gonna give it to Loris just because you the guy's living he's fucking yeah he's doing some cool shit so good for him he's leading the vanguard of the you know the king his Kings well he's gonna lore. be having a
0: rough time of it here soon yeah so. no kidding all right cool Loris uh mine's gonna go to Melisandre. uh mainly because I like the look to your own sins, Lord Renly, but if what you said is true and she's actively trying to magic the shit out of that sword to make Stannis just look cooler, I think that is a neat (laughs) little thing to just see her doing her little Jedi Force powers like right next to Stannis, but no one's really paying attention to her as she's making this sword look cool. This is the sword you are looking for. Just the, yeah, look to your own sins, Lord Renly, and knowing what's coming is just... There isn't a lot of... Attention brought to Melisandre here, I and know. it's interesting yeah. that she is sort of on the fringes during this conversation, and so I would have really liked to have known what was going through her head during this discussion. But So Melisandre for just Red Priest in it, the oh, yeah. fuck so up.
1: So we didn't do a small council this time, so we're going to read our, our favorite French fry... Julian's inductee, and then we have some uh, past ones to catch up on. Yeah, And so we'll, I'll start here with Mr. – did you want to start? You start yeah, with Yeah, I got
0: Julian's. Uh, Julian says uh, – he also included the picture of Storm's End, which I loved.
1: His favorite interpretation because he saw, uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, thousands. Obviously. He found the one that he thought was the closest to what he was visualizing. So that's awesome. Thanks he for sharing. He started this one
0: with a couple quotes. This one will never bend. Yep. Cersei Lannister is laughing herself breathless. Literally. And he says, I'm sorry, but I love Catelyn. She is the most precious mother there is in this story. Smart, observing, brave, careful. And yet, each of her qualities can be found somewhere in one of her children, one way or another. And that's brilliantly written. The verbal jousting between the two Baratheon brothers was nice. It put into light the two personalities. I found Renly very proud and confident, as Ken- uh, and as Catelyn expressed, lacking a bit of modesty. Kings, right? Hashtag Renly Rage is about to pop up into your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice Fire series. By the way, I love the description of Storm's End and looked it up on Google, found many different interpretations, and this is the one that got closer to my own imagination, which is why I shared it. Finally, my inductee is going to be the Lord Randall Tarley. Battle wisdom and putting some young fucker in his place. I liked it. Oh, and I heard he's got a great son beyond the wall, that one. <laughs> have a nice day, Valor Brotherius. Nice. Thank so, you, Julian.
1: If I can remember, I will uh, put that picture up on like the Facebook group, uh, Yeah, yeah, we'll share it thing. out. Yeah. Um. And so, as always, thank you, great inductee. Uh, we also, as I mentioned, have some past inductees to read. Now, this is going back to, I believe, like, brand two. What is what are we on? Like brand five now? Brand four? Brand four. So I think it was brand two or three when Jojen arrived. So we're gonna go back to that one and then I'm just gonna go right in order of the inductees themselves. So this is from uh, Goblin Queen, who has written in in the past, and we always appreciate when she writes in and she says, Hello, fellow brothers. I'm stuck at home in Italy. Be safe. Be very safe. Fucking, which go, is, goes is to everybody. I mean, for anyone, but, yeah. But yeah, especially those in those lockdown areas. Um, I'm stuck at home in Italy, so here's a bunch of scattered late inductees running away from the pandemic and straight into your recording studio. They better they're,
0: wash their hands. They're
1: plague-free, oh, okay. no worries, says here. Uh, so first, Jojen Reed for bursting into the Starks' banquet, bringing wonder, just like the Green Knight at King Arthur's Court, yo. I love that comparison. And now I think that there's like a Sir Gowan show coming out on like Netflix or Hulu or some shit, unless it's a movie, but it looked fucking super sick, so I like that comparison. I was also a huge uh, Pendragon fan yes, growing up, so... Get over yourself. Young Meister Lewin, who strongly believed in everything the old disillusioned Meister criticizes now. I wish there was a book about him at the Citadel, mm. earning those chain links. Hell yeah. Uh, Brienne of Tarth, or Bri-In, as the audiobook keeps pronouncing it. Catelyn might pity her, but this girl is young and fierce and growing. The giggling Serving Girls amongst the horrors of Harrenhal <laughs> and... That wild group of 80s rock divas that are the Bloody Fuck Mummers. Yeah. The sickly one with a leather cloak fringed with long blonde hair. How metal is that? Uh, you, She really enjoyed the last episode. Can't wait for the next one. Cheers. Thank you, Goblin
0: Queen. We appreciate
1: that very much. Those are good inductees. Excellent too. inductees. My favorite, I have to admit, is the Bloody Mummers, those 80s rock divas. <laughs> Fuck yes. Yes, Fuck yes.
0: so... Those were our thoughts, Goblin Queen's thoughts and Julian's thoughts on Catelyn 3 and some other chapters. If you would like to write in and reach us as they did, you can do so many a places. I am on Twitter at CarStark92. Nate is on Twitter at MannersWithout, which is also the Instagram. We're also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash
1: brotherhood podcast. We have a private Facebook group for patrons only. Pre- oh. Prevet? Oh, Prevet! I see. I got gotcha. you. We're we're going, and that is Patreon.com/slash/withoutmanners, where we also upload some bonus content,
0: extra episodes, Winds of Winter sample chapter rereads, swag. <coughs> We've got uh, an Arian Winds of Winter sample chapter coming at you real soon, and so. Yeah, check out Patreon if you're interested in that stuff. Yep. We also,
1: if you could do us a favor and rate, review our podcast, we are, uh, the easiest ways. if you go to ratethispodcast.com slash brotherhood. Bam. Uh, we also have a sweet deal for those who are on Stitcher but don't have the premium yet. Premium is available for one month free trial using code BROTHERHOOD. Put that in there. Get yourself a free month. It's pretty cool. I think that's... That's about it. Next we're going to be reading... No, we need our Gmail. So that's the most important one because that's where most people actually write to us, and that's without... That's
0: where we see it and get it instantly, so, yeah.
1: That, too. That's withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you would like to stay tuned, keep up with our episodes. Next episode coming out will be Sansa 3. Sansa. And Sansa 3... I don't actually have any idea what the fuck she's doing right now off the top of my head because I haven't looked into it. But if you would like to send us your inductees, send us those. And then I don't know who's after that. Is it Danny, I believe? Maybe a Danny chapter? Maybe, maybe. Whoever's after Sansa 3, get us those inductees too. You, yeah. You got a book. You can look up who it is. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we will catch you on the next one.
0: Bella de Harris. Peace.